0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. I'm Michael Ball. Thanks for being with us today. Well, our topic today is the film industry, tax credits, and real estate. We have some special guests joining us here in Studio One. Please welcome Lee Thomas. She is Deputy Commissioner of the Georgia Department of Economic Development. Lee, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks, Michael. Happy to be here.
0: We appreciate you being here. And please welcome John Raleigh. John is VP of Raleigh Property Partners. John, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having us. Well, you guys have been on the circuit talking about this and uh, it's an exciting uh, discussion point, I think, for commercial real estate show and taxpayers everywhere and people who watch the movies, right? So uh, this is a fun uh, conversation to have. And, and Lee, to get us started, just how big is the film industry and that, that business around the country? What's the economic impact is-
1: well, uh, according to the MPAA numbers, and that's the Motion Picture Association of America, it's a $40 billion industry in the United States, and it supports 1.9 million jobs in the United States. So it's big business.
0: It's a few jobs. Yeah. And what is the economic impact of a, of a movie being produced uh, in a city?
1: You know, it's it's widespread. I mean, mm. it can have tremendous impact. And we see, you know, there's not only the direct spend of a project going into an area, but also, you know, the film tourism if a show is in 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 your town or city, it can mean tourism for years to come. So it's it's widespread and it goes on for years and years.
0: So that means we're gonna have a lot of walking dead around Atlanta <laughs> people visiting? <laughs> you
1: know, I mean uh Dukes a hazard, which shot in Georgia, mm. you know, five episodes in nineteen seventy nine is still the biggest draw for Newton. County so you know that's been a long time in just a few episodes so yeah you never know what the impacts gonna be
0: yeah and now my car has an excellent right on the top on the roof so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well tell us about tax credits because you know that's a way that municipalities the states rather I guess are attracting the film industry tell us how the tax credits work in the film industry
1: Sure. I mean, you know, late in the 1990s, Canada started a very aggressive tax incentive program, and it started really taking the business away from the United States. Uh, So Louisiana started a tax credit program in 2003, and a lot of the other states have started programs as well. Um, Some states have tax credits. Some states have rebates where you actually get a check back. Um, And the difference is, you know, with a tax credit, you need to have income tax liability in the state. A lot of the companies that, you know, may come to Georgia to shoot a film, they may not have income tax liability. So they can go through a broker and they can find, you know, network high net worth individuals and sell the tax credits to them. Uh, If you have a, you know, rebate state. Uh, you can just get a check back, but there is a fund, there's a certain amount of money that they allocate for the film industry, and once that's gone, that's the end of the shows for the year.
0: Okay, so if I'm a taxpayer, how can I find these tax credits to, to acquire?
1: Well, there's a thing called the Association of Film Commissioners International. It's AFCI, and every state has a film commission, a state film commission. Uh, so you can go to their website and find out what is in your state and what your state offers, and you know how your program works, and maybe where you know what brokers are out there that you can buy tax credits from.
0: Yeah, and I've bought tax credits, and I think they're a great way because. You know this isn't a write-off this is a credit you know uh, this is a pretty nice opportunity well tell us about the savings that if you're doing a, a tv show or you're filming a movie what kind of savings uh, do these production companies get out of these tax credits um,
1: well they're different in, in, in depending on what state you're in and georgia has one of the most competitive programs and you get a 30 percent tax credit for your qualified in-state spend in the state of georgia so, um, you know, once you sell that to a company, you wind up with about 90 cents on the dollar. So it's, it's great business. So if you have a million dollar film and you earn a $300,000 tax credit, you'll probably walk out of the door with like uh, $270,000. That's, so
0: that's big money.
1: It is big money. So it's, it's been a huge driver. I mean, you know, I started at the office 18 years ago. It mm-hmm. used to be all driven by locations, but now it is, uh, you know, the, the accounting departments of the major studios run budgets and they'll uh, tell the production you're going to go to one of these states that have these aggressive tax incentive programs.
0: Okay and you mentioned the 90% discount of the production company selling them so how does that impact me as a taxpayer? Uh, Walk me through that.
1: Sure I mean if you're a taxpayer and you owe you know a a million dollars Mm -hmm. then you could use one of these tax credits and you would end up you know owing $900,000 so typically a broker you know they will take a penny and how do you know my so? t- my tax bracket I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, so you would, uh, you know, a a broker usually take a penny or two in there, you can sell them directly. And we have a lot of, you know, a lot of times it's corporations now that buy them and the same corporations buy them over and over again. And they're really chasing the tax credits. It's a very strong program. Because it's, you know, it's easy. I mean, you either, you know, pay a million dollars, you pay $900,000. Most people uh, understand the math with that. And, you know, the it's, it's an easy program, straightforward. And,
0: Okay. What about risk for the taxpayer? I guess everyone's concerned with the IRS that they're doing something that might be called into question, right? Are there any risk associated with buying these tax credits?
1: Again, you know, it's going to depend on what state you're in and whether, you know, what the recapture laws are. Uh, For instance, in the state of Georgia, you can get an audit done by the Department of Revenue, which indemnifies any buyer from having their tax credits recaptured. So once you have that letter from the Department of Revenue, and you use these tax credits against your income tax liability, you don't have to worry at all.
0: And who gets that that letter of recommendation, if you will? Is that the production company or the, bro- the broker selling the?
1: Yeah, it would be the production company. Like okay. if you went and bought uh, tax credits from Disney, Disney mm-hmm. would you know go to the Department of Revenue after they have made a movie in Georgia, they would. Uh, The Department of Revenue would do an audit on them, and then they would, you know, have a letter that said, this is how many tax credits we earned. And so then you transfer, Disney would transfer the credits to you, and you would use them on your income tax return.
0: Okay. Now, these discounts of of like 10%, basically, on tax credits, but you can really get a bigger discount right on conservation easements, John. So is there a difference in
2: the risk level there? Yeah, well, there is. Here uh, in Georgia, I think – Colorado changed some of their conservation easement rules, Mm -hmm. uh, but prior to uh, 2014, uh, placing an easement on a piece of property, you didn't really necessarily have to go through an audit process like um, you do in the film commission um, or the the film credit. In 2014, they changed that rule. um, So where each conservation easement has to go through and get approved by the State Property Commission, Far more scrutiny is involved. Prior to 2014, they were selling at 50 cents on the dollar, but because of uh, you know the the similar type program that uh, more or less audits a conservation easement, that uh, 50 cents on the dollar has now turned more towards 85 and 90 cents of the dollar because it's a safer investment.
0: Right, and it's interesting. So for our listeners who might not be aware of a conservation easement, what are the
2: basics of that? Basically, you're taking a piece of property and uh, pretty much stripping all the development rights off that piece of property. Um, and once you do that, you get uh, you you can take a, either a federal deduction uh, for the value of the 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 amount of value you're stripping from the property. Um, there's still residual value left after you put a conservation easement on it. Um, So it's a great program that enables you to keep a piece of property that you say you've had in the family for a long time, uh, but also capture the the tax benefit from doing that. Okay. So you do an appraisal based on being able to
0: develop it, and then another appraisal based on, all right, now you can walk on it or maybe hunt on it or something, right? Right.
2: As long as there's no land disturbance. So, I mean, a lot of people, um, you know, Tyler Perry bought a piece Mm -hmm. of property in town that had... Uh, development rights for 1,500 units. Mm -hmm. Um, He's considered putting that into a conservation easement, Mm -hmm. which would basically strip him the ability to uh, develop 1,500 residential units. So the appraisal is based on what is the value of each residential unit that he is not going to develop anymore.
0: Right. And the difference between those two appraisals is your tax credit figure right correct, correct okay so that was a, a good bit easier before and now it's a little tougher so these discounts like I've bought some conservation easements and I've, I've gotten these great discounts and uh, but I'm uh, um, next year I'm not gonna get those discounts Is what you're telling me
2: right well uh, pretty much yes uh, just because in, in the new rules and in, in Colorado I think mm-hmm. had a real big issue with um, some some people putting some fairly Risky conservation easements on there and not having, you know, very good appraisal support um, And there was a little bit of fraud in there. Probably they had a pretty bad issue with that So I think Georgia looked at, you know, how to protect itself from that um, So now the law is you either pick the federal deduction or the state credit And if you go the state credit route, there's a much bigger process that you have to do to get that approved So that everybody's comfortable that the proper valuation is on the property.
0: Okay. Well, our friends in Colorado, though, in their coffee shops, they have different kinds of (laughs) things going on, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) There might be some wacky things going on, right? Right. Yeah, you never know what kind of appraiser you're going to (laughs) get. Yeah, I know that uh, that market's been crazy, too, in the industrial market because of their laws, they're changing uh, regarding marijuana, right? Right. So, all right, well, let's get off of marijuana, right? (laughs) Let's get on the movie industry. We'll be right back. We'll have more about the film industry, tax credits, and real estate. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us on one of our 40 radio stations or on iTunes iTunes or YouTube and also on the Commercial Real Estate Show website seriesshow.com. Today we're talking about the film industry, tax credits, and real estate. We have Lee Thomas here with us and John Relay. And, and John Relay is a broker. They're property developers and they've done a lot of real estate work uh, in the film industry world. So, John, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, so if our listeners own real estate. They manage real estate. How can the real estate industry benefit from the film industry
2: growth? Well, in a, a number of ways, really. Um, you know, when the, when the film credit here in Georgia just came about uh, in 2008, uh, there was a lot of vacant space all over town. Um, this particular industry did a really good job of plugging holes in a lot of people's buildings. Um, uh, it's a flexible type of deal if you've got space in a building um, you know you're looking for a long-term tenant ideally but uh, the film industry is a great way to bridge um, you know potential downtime you have in a property uh, by placing somebody in there for be it three or six months um, you know on some of the larger buildings you might get more of a six month type deal but um, you know six months in, in the course of attracting a long-term tenant, um, there's there's very few cases where putting a movie into your building uh, is going to bust up the possibility of of getting a long term tenant. Uh, okay, what kind, of, what kind of money are we talking about here? Or what
0: what's the high and low range you've seen of, of these kind of temporary rental agreements to to do a movie or film or TV shot?
2: Um, well, it runs the gamut. I mean, most people are you know most of the deals I've done have been you know just there's no really wiggle room I, everybody negotiates you know the film businesses um you know they've got a budget and a balance sheet just like anybody else um and no matter what property i bring to uh uh to a producer his first words out of his mouth is you know my rate's crazy uh that's just because they're that's they're they're wired to say that right. uh, no matter what <laughs> if you gave it to them for a dollar they're yeah. wired to say that you're crazy so they can't just blow up one less car and pay more rent huh? <laughs> they can so so there's there's a negotiation there and if you've done enough of them you can you kind of understand that you know they've got a a, a balance sheet with you know five thousand line items on it uh and rent is is one of those um mm-hmm. Uh, Most of the deals that we've done here in town have been, you know, at market rents have been what they've uh, what the landlord has been asking. So what they what the what the landlord expect for a long term lease, they're paying
0: that same rate for short term.
2: Right. In some cases, you may get a little bit of a premium if if, you know, it's a property that somebody really has to have. Um, But for the most part, either they're fairly easy to do. It's hard for landlord to say no. Um, there's no TI involved it's you know the movie will come in and take uh, a space as is if they need to add office a lot of times they'll just plug up kind of temporary office they have full construction crews that Mm -hmm. can pretty much handle any deficiencies the building may have for that particular use Um, so normally they're they're as-is deals and they'll pay the rent and uh, okay I did a,
0: a deal recently on a we outgrew our office building and we we moved our office and and while my building was vacant, they came in and shot a, a, a few scenes of a TV show. One of the concerns I had as, as a landowner was, you know, liability and insurance and, and how might they damage the property and that sort
2: of thing. What do you see out there in regard to that? Usually me getting an insurance certificate from a film takes half an hour. They have got, you know, every studio has got um, – now I'll say every studio – all the major players have you know massive insurance departments Mm -hmm. and uh you know they deal with uh lots of crews so that part is is fairly easy if you get into approach by you know a smaller budget maybe you may need to do a little more homework (laughs) right you may you know there's certain instances where you should do a little bit more homework um and i always you know if there's anybody any question um you know every landlord has somebody that has supplied him with insurance always go to your insurance broker and ask him what he thinks so that okay. they what kind of certificate they should provide and in this case they they liked most of the building but they did come
0: in and do some uh, deconstruction construction and then right. built it back they actually did a great job it looked fine like they weren't there but i was a little nervous do you have some landowners concerned about that
2: yeah i mean kind of the the pot of buildings that we've been working with so far they're they're used to it Mm -hmm. um we're busy right now so we're having to break in kind of new buildings and educate Mm -hmm. new landlords and that's always uh the first concern you know the first thing a a film production is going to do in office space is uh put up a bunch of um what they call cell which they can pin up pictures and um everything gets pinned to the wall um and you know the easiest thing to do is make sure everybody takes pictures of the condition of the property before okay. i've never had an issue where uh a film company has left a building and not promised to do uh any repairs that you know they said they would do so the key there for a landlord is uh is just to make sure everybody is aware of the condition of the property when they move okay in. so if i'm a building owner or, or a broker asset manager and i think
0: i'd like to have my building available at least to for production company to consider,
2: how do I go about that? There's not a film multi-list, right? <laughs> well, uh, there actually is. The the film commission keeps a list of uh, properties, and I think that, that may be proprietary just to the location scouts or...?
1: Well, we have, it, there's two lists actually. We have a database um, that you can upload photos of your property or website or anything. And, and some people want their property to be, to be used as a location. Some people want to rent their houses to incoming talent if they're coming to stay in the state for a long time. Um, And some people have warehouses or office that they want to use for production office space. So all of that you can put, um, you know, most film commissions will have this kind of thing where you can list your property in a database there.
0: Okay. So go to the state film commission in your state. Right, right. You can go
1: through the AFCI, again, the Association of Film Commissioners International, find out, you know, some states have more than one film office. You you know, maybe there's one for your municipality and they'll probably have a list, um, you know, if you have an available building to let them know that it's available for, Production or, or or location services.
0: Okay, and uh, as far as brokers are concerned, so if we've got some brokers in other states where they know they're doing film and TV, uh, is this something they can get involved in? I mean, and you're known for for doing this kind of work here in, in Metro Atlanta, right? Is this an opportunity for brokers, maybe in other markets? Not your market, I know, but
2: um, <laughs> that's a that's a good question. Um, there's not there's not many people that do the level. Of work in the film business here in Atlanta that I do Mm -hmm. Um, you know for me doing short-term leases you're not gonna make a whole lot of lot of fees unless Mm -hmm. you know you figure out you know we've done a couple of deals that are a couple hundred thousand square foot buildings that Mm -hmm. have gone on you know six-year leases there's there's money to be made but Mm -hmm. you've got to watch your time on on how much how much Commission dollars are actually out there but I will say if you have a in a state where the the tax credit is growing uh the relationships that I've made with producers and my contacts at some point I began to realize that those were far more valuable uh than um than fees okay pretty much and that and so that, meaning those, you're gonna be a movie star one day. well right? those relationships <laughs> led to opportunities to right. to to find other avenues of income within the business and which led to me um owning Mailing Avenue Stage Works was Uh, building we purchased in Grant Park. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's an 85,000 square foot film facility. Um, So, got to that point through relationships, not Okay. And I want to talk about that after the break. We're going to talk about some
0: properties that might do well uh, for the movie business and TV business and attributes and how you might transfer and adjust and adapt your building for that kind of use. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Florida International University. With FIU's fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. That's FIUonline.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking about tax credits, the film industry, and real estate. We have John Relay here and Lee Thomas with us in Studio One. And, and, John, there's a lot of facilities out there that maybe some fe- people might be able to adaptively reuse for the film industry, right? Tell us a- and about some attributes of buildings. What makes a good possible project for adaptive reuse to this industry?
2: Right. Well, there's... Uh there's a few specific needs um there's a group of you know the majority of of films that come into a particular town uh are probably more location based so where they just need a production office and then they're out shooting all over all over the uh the state uh production office is is hard to get sometimes um it's very high demand um, from the film industry usually a film needs 10,000 square feet of office with a big open bullpen and a bunch of privates around it. And how long do they need that? Usually anywhere from, depending on how big the show is, usually from four to six months. Okay. Um, Going further beyond that, then you get into buildings where, uh, or shows that need the production office as well as to house different departments within the production and uh, kind of shootable stage space. Um, And those buildings can go be anywhere from 60,000 square feet and I've leased uh, buildings as big as 200,000 square feet um, but some of the attributes that uh, that are helpful to the film companies that ideally everybody wants to be under one roof that saves them transportation costs if they've got a wardrobe department in on one side of town or a production office in another side of town stage in another location uh, they're spending a lot of time on uh you know, trucks and logistics going back and forth, and that gets very, very expensive. Um, If you can find a building that can house all that under one roof, uh, it becomes very attractive. So some of the things that they need are, you know, seven to 10,000 square feet of office for, you know, a a standard size maybe. Um, Kind of flex space where uh, they can put wardrobe departments and um, prop uh, departments. Um, just kind of versatile warehouse space that doesn't necessarily need to be um, particularly tall ceilings or anything. Um, what is the ceiling height range that might work? Uh, well, for TV, you can get a little bit uh, lower, but normally you know, you need to be 22 to 24, probably closer to 24. Uh, depending on what they're building, they sometimes will squeeze into something shorter. Uh, most film and, and feature work uh, the higher the better. Um, you know, some of the ground-up facilities that uh, are around build to 38, 40 feet. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've gotten calls for people asking for 50-foot buildings, which I tell them to go, you know, There's, it's just not here, unless you build it. Um, but a, t- a typical building, um, you know, an industrial building and in our market, um, you know, you can find some 30-foot uh, clear buildings that – can work for features fairly well if they need to build a two-story set uh they can actually build it you know as an actual two-story structure uh if they go below that sometimes they'll build the first floor and then steps next to it and then build the top floor next to the steps and just shoot it differently um but for the most part the 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 taller the ceilings uh the better chance you have of of it getting looked at
0: okay and uh how are these buildings, you know, managed and, and, and leased? It seems like with these shorter leases and these uh, flexible
2: uses be a little bit more management intensive naturally. Well, yeah, um, our particular facility, you know, we just focus on one production at a time. Mm-hmm. It's an 85,000 square foot building, but we only lease to one production. We have one stage, one office. It just doesn't set up in a manner where it's easily broken up into two different uh, two different productions in the same building. Um, some of the ground up stuff, uh, screen gems, they can handle multiple um, multiple productions at one time. That's pretty management intensive, but they're in the business of operating studio space. Uh, normal people in a city that are looking to attract film, um, to be honest with you, it's, it's fairly easy. Um, mm-hmm think of an army coming in if there's a problem in a building and they don't have somebody there that knows how to solve it uh you know there's crews of electricians construction guys i you know they pretty much take care of the the building themselves mm-hmm. i'll have to go over and plunge a toilet here or there or <laughs> you know uh show them where a circuit breaker is uh but for the most part uh they've got a lease it says it's as is and they'll mostly mostly deal with it themselves Yes. Yeah, unless so- it's a roofer structure building so it's a sexy business as a landlord. Then it sounds like it's it can be. Toilet. It can be. You, just, you know, uh, I just try. Well, there's a lot of people. They put stress sometimes on. Uh, I think the the show on uh, in our property had uh, 500 people on the payroll. So you can get some maintenance issues just you know including some stars right yeah exactly so, so. so you're
0: hanging out with the rich and famous and the stars. i try
2: to stay away as much as possible because <laughs> the more you hang around the more they're going to ask you to do
0: okay well stay with us we'll have more on the film industry real estate and tax credits this is the commercial real estate show we'll be right back commercial real estate show is brought to you in part by Realnex, providing a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low cost. Visit realnex.com. That's Realnex. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about real estate, tax credits, and the film industry. My guests are John Relay and Lee Thomas. And, and, John, let's talk about an adaptive e- reuse project where uh, these properties were used for something else a long time ago, and, and now they're in the film industry. Tell us about Lakewood Fairgrounds in Atlanta. Uh, that was kind of an historic project that had
2: gone into decay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Most of your listeners could probably remember Lakewood Fairgrounds and Smoking the Bandit when, uh, when they come into uh, their last leg of the trip into the fairgrounds, they're actually pulling into the Lakewood property. Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, then they take off to go get clam chowder in New England. <laughs> but all that was shot right there at the Lakewood Fairgrounds. Um, over the years, you know, it's a city-owned property. Over the years, uh, just fell into pretty bad decay. Uh, they had a flea market there for a long time that kept up the buildings, but the flea market eventually left. Uh, the buildings were probably within one or two years of just being total teardowns. And what size range were these buildings? Or are uh, these buildings? You know, there was four old buildings that were built between 1910 and 1930 or 40. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful Spanish-style uh, buildings that held livestock uh, fairs and all kinds of different um different things and the city basically their their idea of of upkeep on the property was was a guy in a trailer with his dog that had a push mower and a weed whacker to take care of you know 200,000 square feet of buildings uh, historically interesting buildings and uh, and 30 acres of land so uh, ewe screen Gems, uh, we started running around with them in uh, 2009 probably looked at every building under the Sun for uh, an adaptive reuse um, and really liked the location of that property being so close to town and the hotels. And it offered the ability for them to, to renovate and save the old buildings, but also gave them enough land to build new uh, ground-up facilities that were, you know, kind of state of art How big the is that art. site? The site's 30 acres. The old buildings are probably 20 or 200,000 square feet in total, four of them. Uh, and then they added a thirty thousand square foot stage and maybe a thirty-five or thirty-eight thousand square foot brand new stage. With so the so the value at the time the, of, of this
0: property had really deteriorated, right? It beginning. was pretty much going to be just a land asset
2: for the city. Yeah, and they came in and uh, master leased the entire property. Is that we right? Did a, we did a fifty-year lease with the city. Uh, Screen Gems came in uh, and uh, fixed all the roofs. There was water pouring in everywhere um through the old old wooden roofs those all got fixed and uh converted into you know more soundproof uh facilities and they've been going gangbusters ever since and what kind of movies or tv shows are being produced there they've had hunger games they had uh two hunger games there i think um uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks uh, is there now. Uh, a longer group. group. yeah. Uh,
1: you know, lots of television yeah, shows. Yeah, Red Band Society just mm-hmm. wrapped out. They've done a lot of BET shows. Tyler Perry has shot stuff there. Mm-hmm. So.
0: so it's available now for production companies to come in if there's openings and availability to, to use parts of the property.
1: Um, you know, I think right now they're they're probably about full, but it, you know, it goes back and forth. I mean, you know, these shows. Some of the shows are short, some of the shows are long, so you know, you always have to check back because they do have a lot of space there.
2: Okay, that's the difference between owning a you know a, a regular single tenant property and juggling studios. It's 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 a much more difficult task for studios because they're always juggling somebody else's. You know, when a show comes to Atlanta, they don't wait a couple of weeks for a stage to be. Uh, you know ready if it's green lit it's coming and they're going to plow into a space somewhere so yeah. there's a little bit of a juggle on, on timing with these guys so that's a good
0: discussion point there to talk about with for our listeners so if somebody does contact you with a need
2: like that um, they're moving fast aren't they oh yeah Uh, For sure. And it gets annoying at some points. (laughs) You know, I've gotten a call, you know, on a Monday where somebody wants to have a lease signed by Friday. Right. And on all different types of properties big 200,000 footers or 10,000 square foot office. Usually, when a project is greenlit uh, in LA, there's somebody on a plane within the hour and there's a checkbook and an open account that's, you know, a day behind that and they're ready to move quick. Yeah. yeah, it's like the similar to the press,
0: right? Th- things move quick, there's deadlines, and, right. and, and it's costing money if there's delays, right? Exactly, exactly. Right. Well, tell us about another project, that uh, adaptive use, reuse project that's been successful in this
2: area. Um, a good example is uh, a company called uh, Eagle Rock Distributing. They had a 170,000 square foot uh, beer distribution uh, facility in Stone Mountain, which is just outside of the city. Um, they had started acquiring uh, distributorships all over north georgia and acquired a much bigger building Uh, they decided to to move out into a new facility which uh, was not far from there but it was going to be a year process for them to leave Uh, as that uh, date kept closer and closer we kind of kept an eye on the building Uh, basically for one particular reason was that it was a uh, 70,000 square foot part of that building was a a beer cooler that was, uh, air conditioned and insulated for sound. That's bigger than my beer cooler. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So it already had a pretty good set of bones to start with. Um, I mean, there's a train that goes, uh, right next to the facility, which is normally not a good thing for, um, a, a sound stage. But, uh, since this one already had, you know, insulated walls, uh, it was less of an issue there. Um, so, uh, we did a deal with ABC, Devious Maids, and um, Resurrection, shooting that building. They did a six-year deal. Um, however, they've got outs kind of every year. They they have the ability to renew year to year for a total of six years. So uh, the owners saw Susan Lucci running around the uh, around the building, and it was obviously pretty interesting for them. That's great. Another success
0: story. Well, stay with us. We'll have more on the film industry and more on tax credits and ways you might be able to use your real estate. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. welcome back to the commercial real estate show i'm michael ball today we're talking about the film industry we have lee thomas and john Relay here in studio one with us in atlanta and i think it's interesting to look at some of these projects that uh, have been used for adaptive reuse and they're in the film industry
2: now so tell us about tell us about mailing avenue yeah so um you know after starting uh to lease uh space to all these guys and you know after about a million and a half square feet of uh, transactions I realized that I needed to figure out how to get in the game myself at some point uh, and I, I learned a lot by, by doing all these lease transactions and all the little teeny things that make a, a, a building uh, useful to film uh, so we began the hunt and found an 85,000 square foot building in Grant Park um, that had uh, was built in the 60s but had a renovation and, a, and an addition done in the uh, late 80s. What and ceiling heights there? The original structure, just like anything else you're going to find in Atlanta, you know, inside the perimeters had very low ceilings, like 20, 22 feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the addition had 30 feet. So that made it, off the bat, a pretty good uh, candidate uh, to convert. So we kind of pulled the trigger, and, and uh, Lee had to convince me a little bit that I wasn't making a mistake, <laughs> and uh, and it took a while to get uh, my other partners um comfortable with the idea that we're going to buy a vacant building in a shaky market, uh, renovate and lease it it short term, (laughs) uh, without any bank debt. Um, you know, how much
0: money did you put into the facility after you bought it?
2: Uh, probably 600,000 maybe. I I can't even, I can't remember. Um, You don't want to know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to know. Uh, but we were able to buy it at an industrial rate, um, an industrial price and, uh, make the conversion, um, we got pretty lucky that we closed it uh, mid-July in 2012 and had uh, Las Vegas, uh, the film with Robert De Niro, Michael mm-hmm. Douglas, Morgan Freeman, uh, show up about a week later, and they signed a lease for August 1st. So uh, we moved them into the office, and at the same time we're completing the renovations uh, to the rear of the building and the stage, and removing some columns um, and that type of thing. So we really had Uh, a lot of pressure to get the building ready for uh, some of the biggest stars you know we've ever seen what's it look like today uh, come through from the outside you you wouldn't notice from the inside it's you know highly specialized for these guys and that's the the neat thing about it is uh, you know they'll come in and ask you to make their own you know renovations and improvements this last show asked me if they could add a a bigger drive-in door to the uh, stage area I said Sure, and the next thing I know, I'm seeing sketches for a 20 by 24-foot tall uh, door, which uh, is massive. Uh, You know, we we split the cost um, because I knew it would be an add to my building. I could have probably made them pay for the whole thing, but uh, I'm a nice guy. Let's hear
0: about another one. Tell us about Westside Studios.
2: Yeah, Westside Studios was uh, another building Um, we closed in uh, right before Christmas. Uh, It was the old uh, Archer Daniels Midland Uh, corn syrup processing facility, which means uh, it was an ugly building on the west side of town um, with 30 uh, steel tanks full of corn syrup. (laughs) A bit of a
0: sticky situation there. It (laughs)
2: is. It is. Uh, BET was also filming down the street, and it was a situation where they were uh, filming in a high-rise office, and they wanted to move that uh, location into a controlled environment. So we got lucky with uh, having a tenant right there. We cleaned out all the tanks, pulled up gallons of syrup off the floor, mm. uh, and delivered them uh, the building February first, and they start shooting in a month. Another success story. Well, thanks for joining us, both of you. We appreciate you being on the show. Thanks Thank
0: for you having us. Michael. Well, and stay tuned for next week. We're gonna have a show in the hospitality market. It's the uh, hotel and industry has really been doing well. And in part, I think from some of these studios uh, coming in, right? And they'll yeah, they'll, exactly. uh, they'll certainly rent a lot of rooms, right? Absolutely. Uh, so join us uh, next week and be sure to sign up for a once a week email announcing the show topic at the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Commercial Advisors, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. RealNex, a comprehensive and powerful suite of commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low price. Visit realnex.com. That's R E A L N E X. FIU, Florida International University. Earn your master's in real estate in as little as 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com Excelligent, the resource professionals use for commercial real estate information. Visit excelligent.com. That's X-C-E-L-I G-E-N-T Commercial Search, the source to market and source available properties for sale or lease. Visit CommercialSearch.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional videos, podcasts,
1: or articles, visit CREShow.com.